Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 211. I'm Ed Hawkins. We're beginning to count down to the World Cup. We have World Cup fever. We count down to the big one with Sam Collins guiding us through with a few matches thrown in. Sam Collins. Hawkins, um, yes, indeed, like the Corona World Cup fever is everywhere, although we can't move for ODIs. The schedule of this show only allows for one preview of the format, but fret not, because we're having a good look at that World Cup outright tonight. Um, Paul Krishnamurti of Betting.Betfair, have you got your magnifying glass at the ready? I certainly have, I Sam. Hello. Um, and Richard Mann of SportingLife.com, an extra week to get ready for this one, so we expect some gold. Hello, Richard. Hi, Sam. Hello. Um, Hawkins, what's on the show? Yeah, World Cup outright early thoughts with so many games going on, including some nuggets on how to approach betting a 50-over World Cup tournament outright. Then we've got uh, a new Caribbean Premier League venue to try to decipher. Um, and it's the last one because we finish at Providence. We'll take in a CPL match as well. The outright uh, Guyana Talawas is the match that we're going to be looking at. And then we're going to have a switch over to the Asia Cup for Pakistan versus Sri Lanka. Lovely stuff. Um, and, and in addition, we have uh, uh, all the team news, pitch data, player win rates for the market, stats, trends for those games as well. But the World Cup starts in three weeks. Would you believe it? So the big question is this. Is there any, sorry, is there anti-post value on the Betfair Exchange outright market? Is that right, Hawkins? Yeah. Okay, lovely. Um, it looks like this. India favourites at 3.25, England 4.5, Australia 5.8, Pakistan 7.4, South Africa 13.5, uh, New Zealand are 10s, uh, Sri Lanka 40, Bangladesh 120, Afghanistan 200 and the Netherlands 800. Hawkins, what have you spotted? Well, I haven't spotted much at all, really. I think the thing I would say about this outright is I'm struggling to find many wrong prices you absolutely expect India to be as favourite uh, as short favourites as that for a, a tournament which they're hosting um, and you can probably pick holes through almost every team on that list uh, possibly possibly um, Australia might be too big at 5.8 that might be a wrong price but I think when you're talking about um, prices being wrong at that kind of numbers with India hosting and not needing to do an awful lot to get into the semi-finals, we might talk about that in a bit. Um, there's not much. There's not much sugar in, it in these outright prices for me at the moment on the World Cup. Not many wrong prices, says Hawkins. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, do you do you concur with that? Yeah, I do. And in fact, the one um, slightly wrong price that I've got to note is almost exactly what Ed said. That I think Australia are probably a little bit big. I could see them going off around the same price as England if Australia's batters continue in this vein. And I mean, I'm just going to say the one price I thought is wrong all year is getting bigger by the day, which is South Africa. Um, I'm beginning to feel the sort of usual despair of a man who's back the most disappointing national team in the history of cricket because they can't win a game. But I do still think that that squad, that first 11, is no way on earth for into one chance. Okay, um, Richard Mann, you're a man who's not afraid to bet patriot patriotically. Um, are England the right second favourites? 
You know, I think England are a wrong price. I do think they're too short. I think this is an aging side. You look at the attack that they had in 2019, I don't think this is as good. They're missing Archer. Wood and Rashid will be there, but ugh, we trust Wood's fitness. And major issues at the top of the order, whoever they take, they're going to take. If they take Roy, he doesn't look the player he was. Milan, pretty much unproven in these conditions. Brooks not an opener. Um, so so I worry about England, but I think the, the one thing, if you do back them, you know that they do have a, a team that has got plenty of game changes in them. We saw that from Livingston at the weekend. Butler... Stokes, obviously, a wonderful clutch cricketer. So you do have hope, but I just wonder for this team if it'll be a step too far. The thing, thing, sorry to interrupt, Sam, but the thing about England, and because they're playing New Zealand at the moment, it's very difficult not to look back at those 2019 sides and see which of the two have evolved. Um, It just comes to the conclusion that New Zealand have perhaps moved on better. They They might be a bit stronger than that. 2019 team with some of the players they've brought through. Uh, ben Phillips, for example, is a is an upgrade for them in middle order. Um, Will Young's got a terrific record. We haven't spoken about Will Young for a while. I know Rich is a big fan. Um, whereas England are relying on those old hands that they've gone back to players who have been very, well, I was going to say up and down, but uh, Jason Roy's been up and down, hasn't he? But Ben Stokes, of course, has barely played, and Joe Root's average in the last two years is almost non-existent in ODI cricket. So um, maybe maybe the Kiwis might be a little bit of a wrong price. Um, they're, they're such a competitive outfit when we were talking off air, weren't we? How they were uh, underrated in these ODI games against England by by the bookies, including Betfair Sportsbook. So perhaps a, a small sniff for them at those those odds. Okay. Um, yeah, question for, for all three of you. Um, have you made your minds up at this stage as betters ahead of the World Cup? If so, what could change it? Um, Hawkins, you first. Uh, I think I'm pretty close to coming up with um, with a with an outright bet. Um, and we'll talk about it in time. We're probably going to do a couple of special shows on, um, on Cricket Only Best for the World Cup. Really have a deep dive on some of these teams. I mean, India's it's India's to lose. It's, it's you know they can afford to lose three games and still get to the semi final. It's 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 a difficult tournament for them not to win. Um, and we'll go into win loss ratios and all that for India about um, how often they lose and how unlikely it is that they don't even that they they fail to make the final even. Um, what could change it is injuries and um, Pakistan have lost. Harris, Ralph and Nassim Shah are two key fast bowlers for them in this Asia Cup, uh, which is a real worry for their attack going into the World Cup. They may well be be fit, but injuries basically at this stage is what changes everything. With so much cricket, ODI cricket to play, be played, you have to kind of hold out until the last um, to make sure all your players are fit before you place your bets. OK, Richard Mann. Yeah, massive couple of weeks, actually. I really haven't made my mind up. I was keen on Pakistan, but but Ed's pointed out the injuries and been a little bit disappointed in the Asia Cup. I agree with Ed. I'm kind of coming back round to New Zealand. I was with them in the UAE in the T20 World Cup. They made the final and lost that. And then I thought the chance had gone, but Ed's right. Phillips, guys like that have come in and they look to have evolved. Young's doing a good job. Um, I do worry whether the attack's aging a little bit, but they've got so much, haven't they? There's so much depth. 
um, among that same attack. And, and then in Ravindra, they've got an emerging spinner. He looks a really handy all-rounder. So they tick a lot of boxes, New Zealand. And, and if if England are a threat and the prices tell us that they're a threat, then New Zealand at 10.0 have to be too big because they're outplaying England really at the moment. Let, let's be honest, they've drawn the T20 series, they've won the last two games um, and the 1-1 at the time of recording in the ODI series. So, so, so New Zealand are probably a wrong price and we know that they'll be really competitive. We've got Williamson to come back in. I know he's a little bit slow, but he's a fantastic player of spin and he's their leader. So all to play for, I'm really interested to see how this series finishes for New Zealand. Okay, um, Paul Krishnamurti. It really depends how the odds go. I mean, as it stands, I've got two opening trades and they're going to be South Africa and Sri Lanka. Now, both of them could have such a mare over the next couple of weeks that that puts me off. Hopefully the odds would move against me, uh, would move against them and i still stick with it. I hear what the guy's saying about New Zealand. Um, always respect them. Uh, I don't see their odds moving much, so. So really, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go in with two opening bets and it'll be South Africa and Sri Lanka. Okay. Um, general points, please, about outright betting on a 50-over World Cup. Hawkins. Well, it's easy. The last six have been won by the favourites. This is not a format, uh, particularly the newfangled one, where we've got um, chucking them all in one group and then let them fight it out. And the top four go through four shocks, basically. It's absolutely designed so the biggest teams play as often as possible. So, uh, and that's for TV money. So it's heavily, heavily um, influenced by um, uh, BCCI and uh, uh, TV money. So as many India team games on TV as possible. Um, your shocks are coming uh, in one-off games for sure. But uh, in terms of an outright, we'd love to be making cases for Bangladesh at those prices, 120 Afghanistan, bigger than that. But, when a team like India or England, as they did last time, lost three games and, and still won the thing, then shocks on the outright, just not happening for me. They're trades only. OK, um, do we all pile on India then, Richard Mann? It, well, they, they have got so much in their favour and we've seen at the Asia Cup now, they're beginning to turn it on out. That they, the big thing, the negative for me, though, is we've seen... Um, Real sort of chest out batting approach from them out. We were they're, they're coming out and they're smacking it and Rohit's leaving from the front and that's that's great and he's that's what he said he's going to do. But rewind to the recent T Twenty World Cup in Australia, Rohit said that's what they were going to do. And when it came to an ICC event, they didn't do that. They went into the shell against England in that semi final and it hurt them. Have they learnt the lesson and are they brave enough to do it in a, in a fifty over World Cup at home? That is the only question mark. But when you're betting that short, do you want do you want a big question mark like that? Uh, Paul Krishnamurti, do you see any chance of an upset? No, I really do. I look. I know I've put up two relative outsiders there, but it really is a trade. It would be a massive shock if Sri Lanka were to win it, but I think it could get a lot closer than fifty to one. As for India, I mean, I was quite negative on them two weeks ago, simply because I've been watching them change their side every five minutes for the last couple of years in all formats. But now you look at this side in the Asia Cup, and it's actually quite a settled. And classy side. They've got Brumra, Shami and um, Siraj as a tremendous pace combination. Um, Dravage, Ajax, Artel as your spinners. I don't really see why they shouldn't win it. I mean, I think Ed's made the point there. This format really does favour the favourites. Not just to, in, to win the tournament. I mean, that stands up historically. But I think if you look through the matches over the years, 
you don't you get a lot of one-sided matches over 50 overs that's the way of it and you would think India would do that would win a lot win a lot of games like that all I would say is hopefully they're going to just start slowly and drift out a little bit and if they went out to 3 to 100 to 30 that would be the time to get on sorry uh, turn my microphone on. Uh, the Cricket Only Better crew uh, have a plans afoot for the World Cup with special shows. Make no mistake, every game will be previewed on betting.betfair. Um, so we look forward to that, Hawkins, do we not? Three weeks' time coming your way. Now, in the meantime, we move to the Caribbean Premier League. Check in with another outfit, outright, this time with Betfair Sportsbook, who have favourites currently 11 to 10, Trinbago. 9 to 5 Guyana, 9 to 2 the Kings, 9 to the Royals, and 20s Jamaica. Um, Richard Mann, what have you spotted in this one? Well, I just want to make a, a point about T20 cricket in general, really, because you know, you, you watch the coverage and the people still have you believe that this is a real lottery, but actually, this is another, another franchise tournament that's coming around where. Tring Bega were favourites, weren't they? They're a really strong team on paper. You know, I personally didn't like them, but class has risen to the top. The cream has rose to the top. And Guyana, we were all keen on them. And those two teams are dominating. And you look at the even the just recent results, teams going off four to five, um, the favourites on form, and they're just winning, they're getting the job done. This isn't this isn't as unpredictable as people would have you believe. And um, once again, liking the big bash, liking the IPL, the cream is rising to the top. Okay. Um, Hawkins, word on the street is we have a new venue to decipher. Yeah, we sure do. We're back at uh, Providence. Um, uh, when The remaining 10 games will be at Providence. Used to be slow and low. Last game of 29 season, though, was like a totally new pitch. Came from absolutely nowhere. And Guyana made 218. Previous to that, four of the previous 30 first innings has only busted 160 or more. Now it's five of the last 10, 170 or more in CPL. Seven of those have been, seven of those have been won by the team batting first. So we're having to learn a whole new ball game at Providence, I suspect. Paul Krishnamurti, pitches in this tournament have been cracking for batting uh, and perhaps better than the trend suggested. Can you please um, enlighten us with a strategy for Providence? Well, you've got to think that we're going to get more run-friendly pitches and that this trend is happening in every single tournament, so we've got to go above those historic parlours considerably. Um, the one thing I'll say, though, is the market doesn't seem to, yet again, it doesn't seem to distinguish between grounds because take Taruba, which we knew was the really low ground, and we did see lower scores, if not very low scores, the lines were the same as at the previous ground, the previous two grounds, you know, the piles going off 170, 175. So um, I wouldn't go so crazy on the overs, although I would say that Ed mentioned the 218 here. This ground, even though it was a slow and low pitch, you didn't get that many low scores. Only 28% of matches last five years was sub 150, first innings. There was never a sub 120. So I think that we will see high scores. And I think even though the historic stats don't back it, I think it's probably worth backing 200 and 210 in the first few matches here. Um, I'd also add that at this stage of the season, especially with uh, Kits out and other teams really on the edge, you're about to see more gung-ho batting lineups. You're going to see more experimental sides. Sunil Ryan was promoted to opener again the other day with that in mind. So, yeah, I, I would look at 200, 210 plus. Okay, um, 
Richard Mann, do you fancy Guyana um, taking the title on home turf? Well, it's got to be an advantage. I, to me, it's, the pitch is really important here. Um, I think if it's a really flat pitch, I think Trimbergo, I think they just win an arm wrestle, to be honest. I think they're too big and too strong. Um, they remind me of England's great football side actually a few years ago when the pitches are flat. I'm not sure anyone can match them. I think Guyana would probably need the pitch somewhere sort of 170, 180 sort of pitches to, to compete. I think Trimbergo in a, in a, on a 220 par pitch are just too strong for me. Okay, let's um, actually look at a game, shall we? Uh, it's Guyana Amazon Warriors versus the Jamaica Talawas, Thursday midnight live on TNT Sports. Talawas 1.61 on the exchange. Um, and the Talawas at 2.38. I presume it's Guyana at 1.61 on the exchange and Talawas at 2.38. Hawkins, uh, please get low down for us. Yeah, uh, possible 11 for you for Guyana. Uh, Sam, Sammy Ayub has been opening the batting, but uh, Raman Alagobaz could be available uh, after the Asia Cup, so keep an eye on that. Uh, then Hemraj, Hope, Azam, Hetmeyer, Paul, Shepard, Smith, Pretorius, Sinclair and Tahir. Jamaica, King, Jangu, Blackwood, Brooks, Imad, Allen, Green, Reefer, Amir, Pittman and Urshad. No hails for Jamaica. Seems to have been dropped. Haven't heard anything about an injury for him. Guyana are unbeaten so far this season, but Jamaica did win here in 2022, knocking out Guyana after posting 2-2-6. Guyana did beat Jamaica after posting 2-10 earlier in the tournament. Okay, um, Richard Mann, what have you got on this game? I think when you've got a struggling side against a really, really strong side, I think it's prime for middle order betting in the in the tops market. So Imad Wazim, um, he he's done he's gone really well. Um I, he's usually around the 10 to 1 mark. Um, and probably Raymond Reefer as well for Jamaica. They probably were the two. Chris Green very nearly won this market from number eight as well. Um he's going off around the 25 to 1 mark. I think I'll be throwing a few quid, um, hoping for some early wickets and then and then get on the lower order. Paul Krishnamurti, what have you got on this game? Well, the first position I've got here is to back Jamaica Talawas at 20 to 1 for the tournament. I think that's an absolutely crazy price. Last This time last year, they sneaked in fourth place uh, to get into the playoffs and then won, won a tournament easily. I think they've got, I think player for player, they're almost as good as any side in it, if perhaps not Trinbago. If you look at the table, they've got two games in hand on the fourth place side, Barbados Royals, but a much superior run rate. So I think they'll get in, and I think 20 to 1 is huge. Um, as for that lineup, I mean, I agree, it's pretty inexplicable that Alex Hale's in, in uh, and I don't know what Amir Jangu's doing in there, or Blackwood. I'd like to think Hales or Kurt McKenzie gets in. Um, but either way, I think they've got a good chance in this game, and that. Uh, um, Guyana, whilst they've been outstanding, we know it changes in these franchise tournaments. The form doesn't always hold up throughout, so I couldn't dream of backing them at 1.66. Any in-play trades strategies, fellas, Richard Mann, than Paul? Well, it's probably more Paul's area, this, but I just thought late finish Guyana really stuck. Kimo, Paul, Hetmeyer, Shepard, Smith, they've just been whacking it late in the innings, um, and I... No, I'm, I'm a bit negative about Jamaica here. I, I think Guyana could get a strong finish if the pitch is what we're expecting. Cool. Well, um, yeah, with regards to those players, and I'll add the Jamaica middle order as well, I think this would be sixes galore 
I think if you can get even money, even four to five on the 15 or more line, that's a bet. To be honest, I'd have the line at about 17.5 or 18.5. Okay, Hawkins, the tops, please. Yeah, Gudakesh Moti opened for Guyana in their previous game. Not sure that um, he'll do so again. Just keep it in mind as Betfair Sports would make a uh, rick on his price for top run scorer. A uh, couple of Jamaica batters to follow. Brooks, 109 off 52 at Providence last time in that game that we just mentioned. So he'll be uh, of interest. And Brandon King's also a former Guyana player. Terrific record there. Uh, two centuries, massive strike rate. Uh, so keep him in mind. And it's due to return to form, I might suggest. OK. Um, lovely stuff, Hawkins. Thank you. Players to follow. Paul Krishnamurti first, then Richard Mann. Well, I'd already noted what he's just said about Gulikesh Boti because he's 125 to one chance in most games and he's went off opener. And I think the nature of their side, Guyana, means they can experiment. And I think the guy to get on is Kimo Paul. That happened last season. They pushed Kimo Paul up to three, I think, in a couple of games. He's already top scored from six. You're generally getting 12 to one, 14 to one about him. And also, um, just one player I like for um, Jamaica, in all their games, is uh, Salman Urshad, uh, the top bowler. He's generally going off 7-2, 4-1, even 9-2 in some games. Bowls at the death, very solid. Got the same number of wickets as Mohamed Amir. So I think he'll be value. OK, Richard Mann, how about you? Yeah, just to point on Kimar Paul, he's been a bit of a project of mine all season, actually. But he was going off 25-1 to 1 at the start of the tournament. That that has gone now. Um, but he's great for in running if, if it's priced up because... He just doesn't mess about. If he's got 30 or 40 to catch up with, he can do it in like 20 balls. He really smacks it. Um, but no, I mentioned Talawas, that middle order. Raymond Reef is really interesting. Not priced up yet, but I'll be interested to see what price he is because he's been batting all over the place as high as three, down at eight. He had a really good season last year. Not so good this time around, but I've, I've definitely not given up on him. Um, so I'll probably go for him. And, and Fabian Allen's another one. Any of that sort of six, seven, eight could win this for Talawas. Okay, thank you, Richard Mann. Guyana versus the Talawas is done. Staying with Providence and the Caribbean Premier League, Paul Krishnamurti, you have your eye on the Saturday match, which also involves Talawas. Yeah, so um, St Kitts are out. They're playing St Kitts and Nevis. They're already out. I think the motivation factor could matter here, and I would be happy to take down the 1.8 about Jamaica Talawas. But I'd also add in this experimental situation. You know, it's their last game of tournaments and kits. Why wouldn't they have some experience? And, and they've done this already. So the two players I would look at are Corbin Bosch, who I think they will move up the order. He's been batting anything from number three to number seven. You're often getting 14 to one. I think he'll be promoted. Um, and I'm going to look at Yannick Correa, who is generally 100 to one, 125 to one. He can bat. And he's been he has batted at seven. Now he wasn't in the last lineup, but given the history of this ground for spinners, I think he'll play and I think he might get a really silly prices on it. Yeah, it's a great shot because so Andre Fletcher's got a hamstring injury, so it's probably a doubt for Patriots. So they've got a slot free in the opening bird. So it's one of those could well fill it, yeah. Okay. Love stuff. Corbin Bosch, a favourite of um, those of in Islington North. Um moving <laughs> on. Next up is Asia Cup. Sri Lanka versus Pakistan. Start time, 10.30am, live uh, on, on on Thursday. Live, I don't know where it's live, somewhere it'll be on. 
Um, I won't get into permutations to make the final, but it's going to be a live match. RPS Colombo, the venue, Pakistan 1.59, and Sri Lanka are 2.62 on the Betfair Exchange. Hawkins. Uh, Sri Lanka for you, 11. Nisanka Karanaratne, Kusul, Samaraka Wikarama, Asalanka, Dananjaya, Shanaka, Welaj, Thikshana, Rajitha, and Patharana. Hasaranga's not being risked in this one. Uh, there's no Lahiru Kumara either. Pakistan, Faka, Imam Baba, Rizwan Salman, Iftikar, Shadab Khan, Fahim, Mohammed Wasim Jr. coming into the side, we suspect. They've got to find two um, extra pace bowlers from somewhere. Uh, they may call up a couple of likely chaps, but if they don't, Osama and Nawaz, the spinners, will be in the mix. Shaheen Shah Afridi completing the lineup. Sri Lanka have won 13 in a row. Uh, but they were very short favourites to win each of them. Basically, I'm beating anybody of note, so don't get carried away, away with that 13 streak uh, against premium teams. Also, Sri Lanka more than 221 once in six attempts in the last two years. So Pakistan are a premium team. Uh, there's approaching a 65% toss bias batting first at the RPS. Uh, seven of the last 15 first things have busted 270 or more. Richard Mann, are you batting? Oh, sorry, are you backing Sri Lanka batting first? The, the touch players, but no, not for me. I, I mean, Ed touched upon it there against the Premier team. I, I just think Sri Lanka get found out here. I, I just don't think they have the brawn really to, to put it up to this Pakistan team, who even with a couple of injuries are, are still a pretty good outfit for my money. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, the Premier Dasa pitch means what for England's runs? Well, we've just seen India get a 350, and I think that's going to affect the market, move it up. But, you know, historically, I've always looked at this ground as being a kind of late at 270, 280. So I think I'm going to start with that. I think if you can't lay, if you can lay 270 at 1.7, um, either at start or in running, I'd, I'd be looking at that. Okay. Um, any nuggets, please, Richard? Uh, right, well, yeah, I'm afraid. So I think I'm I'm going to be backing this um, either this next method of dismissal again. But you go through Sri Lanka's first three games, right, in, in this Asia Cup. They lost five wickets against Bangladesh. Three of them were clean-balled. That's going off at nine to two, right? Or you can bet, um, and Sportsbook are really good for this, next method of dismissal, either court or other, and other is going off two to one. So I think with Sri Lanka's batting, you'd be getting an edge there. Uh, they lost eight wickets against Afghanistan. Three of them were clean-balled and one run-out, actually. And they also had a run-out in, in the other game against Bangladesh as well, when they have three LBWs and a bold. They seem to really struggle with straight bowling. And I think what you find with, with teams who are a little bit more negative, that's 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 generally what's happened. They get caught on the crease. And in Pakistan's bowling attack, you've got guys like Shaheen, and I think Mohammed Razin is brilliant for this. They pick it up, they bowl really full against India, the first three wickets at the that first encounter, and we're all clean ball. I think clean ball's a bit of a player here, to be honest. Next method dismissal at nine to two. Um, but just when Mohammed Razin and Shaheen hopefully they take the new ball together, um, I'm going to be trying that one. There's a rice smile from the gang here. Paul Krishnamurti. Well, I mean, this is the this is the um, litmus test, really, because we've got a bit of disagreement here about Sri Lanka. I've backed Sri Lanka for the tournament six to one a few weeks back. I am quite happy to have them here at two point seven, especially with Pakistan perhaps demoralised after today's absolute hammering by India. And no, there's a toss bias. 
Um, so very happy with that. And I would also just note as well that um, top that bias to the defender that Ed mentioned. So I think if the team batting first do hit two seven five, I would be looking to lay to back them at that point to defend it. And I suspect that in that situation, if Sri Lanka would hit two seventy five, Pakistan would be very short odds on a very good lay. Okay, um, Hawkins, what's on the tops? Well, great stuff from Richard. I think that's an absolutely tremendous spot, um, and it leads into a bet on a Friday because he's got term little to beat apart from Razin for top uh, Pakistan bowler, and he also may consider um, him for man of the match, considering Sri Lanka can't play straight bowling, and he's going to be fast, and it's going to be straight, and it's going to be swinging, so they might have some problems there. Uh, Babar boosted to twelve to five for top Pakistan bat. If so, with Betfair Sportsbook, you're getting up to around about four or five percent swing on two-year win rate. Uh, about time Baba produced something, I suggest. And Sank has a 25% win rate in the last 12 months. That's five wins in 20. That's the best win rate of any Sri Lankan. If you're getting 11 to four, you need more than 11 to four or more, and it's a bet that you might not get 11 to four. Okay, um, Richard Mann and then Paul Krishnamurti, players to follow, please. Yeah, I'm enjoying this comeback show because basically Ed lays out all the theory and the strategy and then I just jump on the back of it. So I'm going to go Shaina Freedy in the matter of the match market um, for the reasons Ed just said. And then I thought Baba as well because I thought it was a really good spot for him. And I think Imam's struggling a little bit. So Baba, you'd hope, would get in early enough to make a telling contribution. It just strikes me as a sort of game that he'll dominate really against this opposition. Paul Krishnamurti. Just the one, my old favourite, Matisha Patharana, top Sri Lankan wicket taker. Very one of the best deaf bowlers in the world. And I would say the way that Pakistan bat, I think that the best time to bowl against them to take wickets is definitely the deaf because they're very solid up top. Marvellous. Thank you, fellas. Um, what makes it into the best bats? Find out in a second. But first, Hawkins, we have a new five-point challenger. Sure do. Veniak managed two weeks return to go, I think it's joint second on the leaderboard behind Eddie Rivers, who made it to three weeks. You've got five points to spend on your best bets. And if you return a profit, you come back next week and you come back the next week if you do it again, etc. And so on and so forth. This week's it's Jack Jones. And these are one point each on these one. Pakistan, Rizwan, top bat against Sri Lanka. Hetmeyer, top bat. For Guyana in that game, we've been talking about Thikshana, top bowler for Sri Lanka against Pakistan. And then Brandon King, we mentioned earlier, top bat for Jamaica. And the Saturday match, Cottrell, top bowler for the Patriots. There you go. Lovely stuff. Um, and let's have best bets, please, from first Richard Mann and then Paul Krishnamurti. Right, I'm going to kick off with a two-point double then. I'm going to go Guyana to beat Jamaica and Pakistan to beat Sri Lanka. Um, and then in the... Pakistan Sri Lanka match. I'm going to have a point each. Baba in the man of the match market and Shaheen Afridi. And then my last point is going to be split stakes in the top Jamaica Talawas batsman market. Half a point Raymond Reef and half a point Fabian Allen. I've gone for in the end. Okay. I will start off with half a point on Jamaica Talawas to win the CPL 20 to 1. Um, I will have. Um, in the first Jamaica match against Guyana, 1.5 points, Salman Urshad, top Jamaica Talawas bowler, and half a point, Kimo Paul, top Guyana batsman. Uh, in the Saturday match between St. Kitts and Jamaica, 
I'll have on Thompson Kids Batsman 0.7 points, 75 points, Corbin Bosch, top St. Kitts Batsman, 0.25 points, Yannick Karaya. And then finally, 1.5 points, Matisha Patharana, the top Sri Lanka bowler against Pakistan. Okay. Thanks very much, fellas. Uh, look forward to hearing how that goes next week. Just time to say to our audience, thank you very much for listening. We do hope you learned something new as always. Please don't forget to check betting.betfair for all the Asia Cup and Caribbean Premier League matches previewed over the next week. And have a lovely week yourselves. And we will hear you next week or see you next week.